Hi everyone, this is Michael Armstrong from the UK and I'm joining Rick Flynn today on his show and we'll be chatting about my new EP, Gender Neutral, Volume 1 and a little bit about some health issues I've been having recently. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn Presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, hello, everyone. We are proud to welcome back an old friend of ours from this show. We love him to death. His name is Michael Armstrong. He is a gentleman who has done very, very well, not only in the United Kingdom, where he is from, but also here in the USA, where he was number one on the New Music Weekly charts for over a month, I believe. He was number 15 on the NMW Top 40. Uh, Michael, come on here. This is Michael Armstrong, everybody. <laughs> tell, tell everybody, Hi, welcome in. Come on in, Michael. Help me out on these charts. I'm doing this all by memory. Well, thanks for having me back, first of all. And yes, you're right. It was uh, October 2021, and my the, the opening song from my album at the time, Oh High, was a track called Each Other's Eyes. And yes, it went to number one in the NMW Indie Music Chart, and number 15, as you said, in the NMW Top 40, and stayed there for, for just over a month. So yeah, it was crazy times. Absolutely. And you wrote uh, the song? What, most of them yourself or all of them? How many of them did you write personally? On that last album, I, they were all original songs, but the song that actually went to number one, Each Other's Eyes, was a, was a co-write, and the lyrics were written by a guy from New York called Sam Stringfield, who I had met in Ojai, California, a couple of years earlier on a songwriting retreat, and obviously that turned out to be a very fruitful relationship. Absolutely. The album was called Ojai, but it was not spelled like our state of Ohio, it was a different spelling because you named the album from a city that you visited in California, and that was spelled what was it? A-J something? Not quite. O-J-A-I. 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 There you go. I'm not used to it. Being from Ohio, we have our own spelling of it. And speaking of which, I don't know if you're aware of this, but on your your new EP that we are promoting right now today. There is a young girl on there. Well, I don't know if you call her young. She was young when she got started. She was from Kent State University up there in Akron, Ohio, the same state I'm talking to you from now. She went to the same college that um, uh, James Gang guitarist Joe Walsh, who went on to play with the Eagles. He attended Kent State, and her name, I don't know if you know this, it's Chrissy Hine. I didn't I didn't know that, Rick. That's a really interesting fact. Thank you. Absolutely. She's an Ohio girl. She's from Akron, Ohio. And another thing about Akron, I don't know if you know what the Soapbox Derby is, but it's where the young boys, and I imagine women are allowed in there too if, if they're a certain age, but at any rate, they build their own race cars and, and they have to be done to 
specs. They're friction cars. There's no motor in them, but they put them on the racetrack and race them. That's called the Soapbox Derby, and it was in Akron that that was invented. That's the home of the Soapbox Derby, if that means anything to you. That's, again, that's a completely new fact, and uh, I, I didn't know anything about the Soapbox Derby. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thanks for educating me. Um, uh, what, what, what an interesting place you live in. Right. Now, that uh, we bill for that, Mike. That's $19.99 <laughs> American dollars. We'll send that to you. <laughs> No, we won't. But at any rate, www.michaelarmstrongmusic.co.uk. Why are we here today, ladies and gentlemen? We're here today because in addition to having a lot of you meet Michael and hear what he has to say, he has a brand new mini album, I'm going to call it, even though the correct terminology for it is an EP. Now, what EP? P means is extended play. Michael, you know that when I was in the nightclubs, every record that we played before those sold out crowds, er, most every Wednesday through Saturday, the crowd had lines at the door to get in. And we wanted the finest quality that we could get. And you could not get better quality on a pressing of an artist other than to have what looks like an album. It's a 12-inch disc, but it only contained one song by one artist. And that the reason why that is, a lot of people don't know it. The reason why the the um, let me the deeper the bass, the wider the groove on the disc. So therefore, when you have an album that has 12 songs on it. You have six songs on side one. You have six songs on side two. When you have Billie Jean by Michael Jackson on, that's it, on the one side of the disc only from start to finish, the one song, oh, do you have the bass? It's it's all about that bass, Michael. Are you with me? I'm with you. Again, you're educating me because I didn't know that the the groove, um, the size of the groove was uh, related to to the um, to the to the bass that you would hear. I wasn't aware of that. But what you have also reminded me of uh, is that in oh, what was it 1984, 1983? I bought the 12 inch version of Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, and I haven't thought about that for 20, 30, 40 years, however long it is. And I must have it in my collection somewhere. So I actually own that record. There you go. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Quincy Jones, and you certainly know who that is. He produced that for Michael, and when the initial, I guess you could say, listening of the album or listening of the track that Michael was so excited about called Billy Jean and uh, he he listened to it and he cried and the reason why Quincy Jones said that he cried was because Michael was used to hearing all of these other acts with all of these 12 inch singles and this bass was booming in there like nobody's business and I mean, it was strong. And what Quincy had done, I had played him the album version uh, on the side that had, uh, you, you know, I don't know how many, five, 
six whatever songs on the side and they had to go back in the studio and give Michael the bass that he wanted on the pressing. And the only way to do that was to deliver him that quality, what you bought and what I have a couple copies of. I have more than one copy here. But yes, it was the 12-inch dance single or EP or as it became known years ago, they also called them a disco single because they were very popular in the disco. But that's true. The deeper the bass, the wider the groove. So when you have one song like Billie Jean and it's on an album and that's the only song you have on the side of the record (laughs) and you turn it over and he'll have the instrumental version without a vocal. And why do I have two tracks, two copies, you wonder? Well, now you don't think I would stoop as low as to mix in the instrumental version first to keep that dance floor totally packed and then (laughs) slide in there where nobody can hear what the hell I'm doing because you don't know that the record has changed. And then here comes Michael singing the vocal. You don't think I'd stoop that low, do you, Mike? That sounds like a fantastic idea. I love it. And instead of six minutes or seven on the extended version, you don't believe I'd I'd make that go 15, do you, Mike? <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't sleep that low. Oh, no, no. I, hell no, I would not do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Armstrong had this to say, and I quote, as a young musician, as you're making your way and trying to earn a living, you have to play a lot of cover versions. Michael, for those not in the music business and they don't know the terminology, educate the people that do not know and tell them what is a cover version. Oh, a cover version is is uh, when an, when an artist sings a song that is not necessarily not written by him, but a song that has been made famous by someone else. So you are doing a version of their song, a cover version of a famous song. You are covering the material of another artist. That's it. You said it much better than me. All right. How about that? Let's start again. Quote, <laughs> as a young musician, as you're making your way and trying to earn a living, you have to play a lot of cover versions. As a man, I have always covered male singers' songs, even though some of my favorite tracks are by female artists. I thought that with the progression society has made in terms of the acceptance of an individual's sexuality, I could record some of those female-associated songs and not have to change the gender in the lyric. It's the 21st century. After all, I purposely chose songs that to me could never be bettered and were in most cases overtly feminine. It's been a huge amount of fun and I'm proud of how the tracks turned out. Michael Armstrong, end quote. Now, your new EP, which is Extended Play. This is an album with not 10 songs or more on it, but five. And every 
every song in the five that you have here is a hit by a woman. But you did not change the gender in the lyric, and not all male singers are able to sing this material because they don't have the range. And you and I have spent a lot of time in the past, Michael, talking about tenors, counter tenors, talking about people that have the range and can do it, and you are one of them. Another guy who you toured with, Leo Sayer, and is, you make me feel like dancing. I want to dance the night away. He could get up there, and he had the range. We mentioned Russell Tompkins Jr., the lead singer from the Stylistic. Bet you by golly, wow, I can't get up there, but he could. He had the falsetto. He had the counter tenor, they called him. I don't know quite what that is, but let me tell you, you are in that select category that has the range. And this first single that you have out right now is called True Blue, and that was the 1980s hit of Madonna. And you've released it under your name. You've done an excellent job. And tell everybody about True Blue. Is it out? Can they buy it, and where can they get it? Yep. Th- thank you for the kind, kind words, Rick. Um, yes, the True Blue and and all of the tracks on the EP are available now to download on all the usual sites, Amazon, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital music. Or if you like to stream, then it's available on the streaming platforms like Spotify as well. So they're, they're all out there. Well, let me tell you something, my friend. You probably already know this. In fact, I'd be willing to bet my money that you do know this. But if you think what you're doing is something brand new, you know what? I think think it may be kind of new for a male artist. A man, yes. But I'm going to tell you in reverse. Susie Quattro was doing this with, I want to be your man, dun, 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 dun. I want to be your man, dun, 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 dun. Susie Quattro sang, I want to be your man, using the masculine lyric, Mike, in 1973. Well, as you well know, Rick, Susie is a, is a good friend of mine, and I never knew she She'd covered that song. That's a that's a Lennon McCartney track, isn't it? I know that the, the Rolling Stones covered it. I didn't know that Susie had. And when we've had this interview, I shall have to look it up and, and send her a message. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I I don't know if you're aware of this, but we have a Susie Quattro show that is going to drop this evening. And I'm not going to give the date because by the time your show airs, it's going to be out there so the public can hear it. But as we record this song this this show today mike at 12 midnight eastern Susie quattro and kt tunstall her partner on this uh duet album she has which i know you've heard and i'm gonna just digress a moment but that will be an excellent show and can you give your opinion on the the mating that has happened if i could use that term the the collab let's call it between quattro and kt tunstall do you have an opinion on that and then we'll get right back to your material well i i i greatly look look forward to listening to your interview because i know how wonderful Susie is once she gets going and uh, she she makes a great guest and she's just a terrific terrific person 
And I was lucky enough to first hear the album. As I said, I'm a, I'm a friend of Susie's. And I, I probably heard it about three months ago. And I thought it was everything Susie releases and has released recently in the last five or six years has been fantastic. But I thought this album in particular surpassed um, even even her even her more recent albums. And, and the collaboration with, with Katie just, um, it really is two iconic rockers, female rockers coming together from different generations almost speaking with the same soul and their voices blend together perfectly they um i was lucky enough to i'd never met katie before but i did a tv um interview with Susie and katie here in the uk just a couple of weeks back and was able to meet katie and when the pair of them got together they were like um some giggling schoolgirls. they just clearly just they hit it off there as i say they're like they're two souls separated at birth or something i don't know <laughs> they're a brilliant double act and they could make a great comedy team as well the pair of them together are absolutely hilarious so it was wonderful to watch absolutely and I want to just let everybody know the new album with Susie Quattro and KT Tunstall is simply entitled Face to Face and that is going to be right here on Rick Flynn Presents at midnight tonight don't worry about the date if you're hearing my voice on this show that album that show that uh, Susie will be on with me is already available to you because it's going to drop in less than about 13 hours. So I appreciate it, Mike. I want to thank you for anything you've done in helping me out over the years. But one thing I did see, I have a video reel of you, not a, a an album. It's a video promo reel. And it looks to me like you were on stage playing guitar and performing with Susie Quattro on the stage. I believe that's her. Am I right? And what were you doing on that day? You are right. Yes, well spotted. I was, um, that was when Susie had an album out a few years ago called No Soul, No Control. And she was doing a show in Dublin. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Belfast. It was Belfast in Northern Ireland, a TV show. And they needed a performance and her son, who normally plays guitar with her or, and recorded the album, was unavailable. And so she asked me if I would be able to stand in. And so I, Susie and I flew to Dublin and um, there I am playing the guitar for, for, the, for the Irish TV show that we did. So that's how, that, that's how that came about. It was great fun. Very well. Her son is named Richard Tucky and his dad was Len Tucky, who was Susie's guitarist when the Susie Quattro band came out. They were married married for a lot of years indeed and they had two children they had they had Richard and and a daughter I believe Richard Tucky her son has really come into his own as a producer and you got to admit he is doing a bang up job would you say yeah absolutely he's very very highly regarded over here not just as a producer but as a as a musician he's he's a, he's a very very good musician so uh, yeah very much sought after these days all righty now when Susie released her first album on rack rak records and she put on there i want to be your man dun, 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 dun. i want to be your man and she sang i want to be your man that caused a lot 
You know how Marvin Gaye described it about hearing things through the grapevine? The grapevine, let's just say, was active when Susie would not change the the gender in the lyric. She became known for it, you know? She didn't want any parts of it. And you know what? I, to be quite honest with you, I think it worked in her favor. And what I almost was getting ready to ask you, and I don't think it's the case, but the fact that Susie did that in 73, you you didn't even know it? Is this the first you've heard of it? Or I was going to ask, is that why you're doing it now? Because you wanted to be the first male that I've ever heard of ever doing it. Oh, I, I genuinely didn't know Susie had done that, um, and and I will genuinely look it up when we get off this call. <laughs> so no, it wasn't it, it, it wasn't it wasn't inspired by Susie, and, and I wasn't I wasn't setting out to be the first guy to do this. I, I don't know if I am, but it, it, the reason it came about simply was because the, the first song I decided to record um, when I decided I was going to do a collection of cover versions, I, I thought I'd try "Hopelessly Devoted to You." by Olivia Newton-John and I came up with a little arrangement and, and got it in the right key for my voice and when I went to sing it I, I was I was I was originally going to change the gender and it just it didn't sound right and I thought well why am I doing this that that, that song is you, you can't separate that song from the movie Grease you can't each generation discovers that movie it's perfect and um, everyone falls in love with it and and you know you can't you can't sing that song without thinking of Sandy singing it to Danny and so I thought well why should I even bother I'm not even going to bother trying to change the gender because I just want to sing it because I love the song and that is what sparked off the idea of singing female songs and not changing the gender and the the second song I thought of doing was Kate Bush uh, Kate Bush's song Wuthering Height and that was purely not only because it's you know in my opinion one of the you know one of the greatest songs of all time but you can't possibly change the gender of that song because you know it, the chorus is Heathcliff it's me Kathy I've come home again it's a song written from the point of view of Kathy the ghost who is haunting Heathcliff taken from a taken from a revered novel that people study and love all over the world and you know clearly you can't change the gender of that song it's sung from the point of view of Kathy so I'm now a guy singing it from the point of view of Kathy um and so that, that that was really just the basic idea, and I had so much fun with it that um, I, I think I thought of maybe Madonna next because she's the queen of pop, and um, I thought it'd be great to do do a cover of her songs. And I've always loved True Blue, that kind of mid '80s period. Madonna for me was the, is the iconic one, I guess, because I was a you know a young teenager at the time, really getting into music. And so the rest of the songs followed from there. But it, it wasn't some great plan to to break down barriers or do anything to, to be the first at doing anything it was it was just fun that's all that was all it was ever meant to be you did it because of your love of the material yeah totally it was completely because of the love of the material and because as you mentioned in my in my quote at the start um, as a working musician and this will go for any one all over the world you know you have to go and pay your dues in the pubs and the clubs and you can't go out to these you know if I went out to a pub in England as a 20 year old man and started singing my own songs I'd have been dragged off the stage and had tomatoes thrown at me or, or, or a whole lot worse I would imagine you have to go out there and play <laughs> songs that 
that people recognise. You know, they want to have a drink and they want to hear your, your Fleetwood Mac and your Hotel California and, you know, all the great tracks from over the years. And I've done that. I've sung those songs as much as I love them. I've sung them so many times that I didn't want to do, I didn't want to record those songs, those male songs that I've been singing all those years. I wanted to do something different. And of course, I've never sung female songs. And I probably couldn't have before as well. I mean, again, as I said in the quote that you read out earlier on, it's the 21st century. Something as the world has changed over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Uh, certainly only in this country. It may have been longer, maybe further back in America. But, um, you know, where people have come to terms with and accepted people's gender and sexuality. And, you know, maybe if I'd have recorded this 10 years ago and released it in England, I'd, I'd, people would be calling me names. But they're not anymore. We've, we've, we've come a bit, we've come further as a society. So I'm, I'm comfortable and, you know, and, and pleased to be able to do that, like you say, just for the sake of the material, because they're fantastic songs. Now, you have mentioned every song of the five song EP that you're releasing. It's called Gender Neutral Volume 1 except you left one out and I wanted to talk to you about the one that you've not mentioned because I did not know that Michael Armstrong sang country music. <laughs> talk so to I, me. I guess you're go, the, um, so The End of the World by Skeeter Davies. There you um, go. Ding, I, ding, ding, it, ding, ding. That she's a country <laughs> art. She sings country. Well, you know, that song is, that's the one that is perhaps the least known, certainly over here in England, and obviously the oldest song on the collection. I think Skeeter Davis was the original artist to sing it in the 60s. But my, I think my first memory of it, I think, I'm pretty sure the Carpenters did a version of it, and my parents had that on vinyl. And I remember growing up as a kid and, 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 then, and then and hearing that song, you know, they used to play it quite a lot. And it just... It's it's stuck with me all these years, and it's just a really lovely, really just a perfect little song. And so, yeah, that one that was I think that was probably the last kind of selection I made. I wanted a it was really recorded for my mum and dad. I think I think they were pretty surprised when they heard it and realised that I had it had stuck with me for all those years. I didn't consider it a country song as such, but there you go. I guess because we don't hear a lot of, too much of that over here, and I was just hearing it as a as a as the Carpenters version. Right now, let me go back. We're gonna. Uh, I want to uh, let everybody know again the five songs on your new extended play. An EP is, as I mentioned earlier, it's not the one song on the one side like what we did in the nightclubs it is an album which is shortened down the albums that people release these days the artists usually it's eight to ten songs to begin eight to ten songs let's say some of them have more some of them have a dozen or 15 it depends on the artist and what they're you know what they're doing at that time but when a person such as yourself delivers an EP, it's because of what? It's 
it's cheaper to produce, A, and you're able to sell it to the public at less money, but it still has the identical same quality that people are going to get if they're, if not even a little better than if they buy the album. Am I on the right track or why would yourself and a lot of the UK country artists over there, they're releasing EPs and in America, they're doing it as well. It's quicker to produce. You can get it done earlier. You can sell it cheaper. People don't have to spend the money for it that they would for a traditional album. What are your comments on that? I think all those things you've mentioned are a factor. In particular, the reason that I did it, I think, was I wanted to get something out fairly quickly after having the success with the single Each Other's Eyes. And I thought if I had set about writing and recording and producing a new album, it would take me, well, by my standards, it takes about three years if you look at my, my the chronology of my my albums. Um, so that was, that was a key factor. But I also think that the world has changed and, and people's listening habits have changed. I'm still very much a fan of an album of work. I, I still buy CDs um, and I will listen to an album from start to finish and read the liner notes. Um, but I noticed that my children don't do that and, and, and the, the youth of today don't do that. It's very much listen to one song onto the next. It's Spotify playlist. And so the album isn't the, isn't the kind of artistic expression that it once was it's uh, it's short snippet and um, I didn't want to just do one song because that would have been odd just to release Madonna's True Blue there would have been no sense to that but equally well it didn't feel I didn't feel necessary to do a full album of those songs and it's called Volume 1 because I, I, I thought Gender Neutral Volume 1 because I thought if it goes down well and if I ever get the itch to do a similar thing I, I you know I've got I've got Volume 2 up my sleeve you know it'll be something that I can I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a theme that, that I can I, that I can progress with. Um, I think I think in in I think that's all rather sad because I as I said I'd rather listen to an album from start to finish. You know you know gone are the days of the dark side of the moon. Where, you know you, you you don't listen to a single track off that and you know and, and so I think I think that's difficult for artists and it's it's something that we've lost. But if you look at the history of music, these things go in cycles. So it wouldn't surprise me if in 20 years time we arrive at we arrive back there again and everyone's got their headphones on and listening from start to finish to to a classic album isn't that the truth yes well i'm i want to let the public know that the your single your first single from this ep is madonna's 1980 hit record which is actually a song that she wrote in reference to her boyfriend slash husband for four years sean penn who was an american actor over here if anybody ever saw the motion picture Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Sean Penn starred in that, as well as a whole lot of other things that he did. They were married for four years, and it is said that True Blue described her relationship with her husband, Sean Penn, at that time. So that is your single right now, the first one. It is available for 
anyone that would like to download either the single solo by itself or the entire EP. Am I correct? That's correct, Rick. Yes, the, the entire EP and or the individual songs are all available to download or to stream. All of them, all five of them, right? Yep, that's right. Now you have two True Blues on there, and one of them is marked radio version, and usually with the radio version, that means it is shortened. It it it, it, it is in the three minute or so mark, maybe three and a half for radio airplay only. And it looks on your EP that the radio version is longer. Help me out. What's going on with the two versions of True Blue? Oh, no, that shouldn't be right. The, yeah, the, 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 there's a version on the actual EP, the, the only version that is available to, to stream or to, or to buy is the EP version. And that's about five minutes long. It's got a long intro and a longer outro. For UK radio purposes, we had to do a radio edit, which cuts... Which kind of cuts off the cuts down the intro and the outro, and I think it's down to about three forty seven three fifty. Um, and that's what we've been using for UK radio here. As it happens, I've also been asked to do a US radio edit, which has just been done because the US radio stations wanted a version that was only three minutes and 10 seconds long. So I've had to really cut bits out and, and shorten it for, for, for you guys over there. And uh, hopefully you'll be hearing that on the airwaves fairly soon. So therefore, what I have here that your people were kind enough to send me, I have a, a, a DJ copy of it. It's not the idea identical album if somebody downloads what the public is going to buy it's going to have one true blue on there or is it going to have both no just one true blue on there you 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 have a special dj version absolutely therefore we have five songs on your ep number one is the current single by madonna true blue number two we have hopelessly devoted to you which you've just referred to olivia newton john a big hit from her. And don't get me wrong, from Akron, Ohio, right here in this state where I'm broadcasting from, and her band, which was formed in England after she left Ohio and Kent State University, she formed her group, The Pretenders. Chrissy Hine did Don't Get Me Wrong. That is on your EP. The End of the World, we just talked about seconds ago. That is by Ski. Peter Davis, one of the classic country singers. And then, of course, Wuthering Heights is Kate Bush. A lot of people don't need told about Kate Bush or Wuthering Heights, but it's on there. There are the five songs. I've listened to the EP several times, Michael, not just once. And there is, it's just downright clean production. It's good music. It's sung properly. Properly. It's sung well. And as we discuss what it is you're doing with this gender neutral thing, it really does not hit you like a ton of bricks. I've heard all five songs. You know what I think? I think it's just songs the way they're supposed to be sung and nothing comes out and conks you on the head like a little, little silver hammer and says, you know what? This is a male singing a female song. I think people are going to enjoy it as much as they've done any other thing they've heard because it's well done oh well, that's very kind of you thank you and and i'm glad that you've had that reaction to the songs because as i said I, I, there was no statement trying to be made or anything like that 
It was just for the love of the songs and, and to be singing something I wouldn't normally do. It was a bit of a challenge. And um, I hope and I think, like you say, you can enjoy it for what it is. Exactly. And when people hear the title of the EP, Michael Armstrong's, quote, gender neutral volume one. Oh, mm, 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 mm. I heard it through the grapevine is what a lot of people <laughs> are going to want to do to you, Mike. And I want to put the axe to it and stop it now before it ever starts, because that gender neutral can be it can be thought of in more than one manner. OK, you are. Here's what you said. And I quote, it is a brand new collection of interpretations of classic hits most associated with female artists and that's it right that's it yeah um i i, I started recording it about 18 months ago and the phrase gender neutral was being banded around on various tv shows and people were getting some people were getting upset about it it's a con it, for a while and perhaps it still is was a, a controversial um a controversial item here in the uk and i'm kind of mischievous and I thought, well, I don't mind causing a bit of controversy. And, um, you know, if it gets people talking and uh, it gets people interested, then uh, then, I, then I'm all for that. Um, but uh, I think I'm, I'm not making some great statement about myself. It's, it's clearly about the songs. And, you know, I've you know, I've recorded five female songs and haven't changed the gender. The gender is neutral. And that's that's all it means. Right. You're a happily married man with, if I'm not mistaken, I believe three children. I am. That's correct. Yes. And that's the key. Kids okay, they doing well. Last we heard, none of them have entered the music business. I believe. No, no, that none of them, none of them are in the music business. They're they're following their own paths, and um, but uh, no, they're 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 cool. They, they 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 always if I if I'm performing over here in the UK, they always come along, and um, they're they're very proud of me. I think uh, there was a time when they were a little bit younger. They were embarrassed that their dad was a singer, and, and, and obviously parents are we're here to embarrass our children. That's our job. But but now they're now they're They've grown up a little. They've um, they've come to accept it and um, and be proud of me, which is nice. Right. And the last time we talked, you and your wife were cracking open a bottle of champagne. Have you done that recently, or or do you got to wait till this thing sells and gets on the charts, then you'll crack another bottle open? Well, I, I mean, I, we did. I mean, I, as you may have well have read from the press release that was sent out by my people, I, I I've not been so well this year, and uh, I had a had a short battle with with cancer, which uh, I'm I'm pleased to say I've, I've beaten and I'm I'm in full health now. So um, when we got the when we got the all clear, we certainly opened another bottle of champagne then, or, or it may have been two. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, Michael? If you think that I've saved that till last for a reason, uh, guess what? You're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I did not know a thing about it. I heard it first when I read it on a press release that was designed to aid me in this very show. And it came from your agency and the people uh, who represent you. And I scratched my head and I uh, let me just say this as you age and I'm significantly older than you. So I, I have a license to say this because I 
know what I'm talking about. Um, Every day becomes different for you as you age in the respect that it, each day is a gift, something you're give, you're given. You don't really have a choice when you're going to leave this world. We just lost the mayor of our town. And I say mayor because once you're a mayor in America, it is proper grammar and you're allowed to call a mayor a mayor, even though he's not the mayor anymore. Just like if I were to talk to Barack Obama and I said, Mr. President, and talk to him, that's correct grammar. I'm allowed to do that. Once a president, always a president. The mayor for two terms here was a guy who was also popular in your state, in your country, and his name was Jerry Springer. And we lost the mayor. He passed away of um, uh, colon, I, I believe it was colon cancer. And Jerry Springer is not with us. They had a Broadway play, which aired in the UK about his crazy off-the-wall television show. And that thing was a hit over in the UK. He, had fam- uh, he was born in the UK and came over here as a child. So you know what? Things happen in life, and when I found out that after you had a routine diagnosis at the NHS, and I did not know what the NHS was. You can describe that, but you know what? I like the concept of it, and I almost wish we had it in this country, because there are instances where medical costs have, it's ridiculous, some of them, and drug costs, ridiculous, some of them. You had a routine NHS health check. Tell everybody what throughout the world that does not know what is NHS and you had no symptoms, you had no pain, you had nothing. What caused you to get checked to begin with when you were not hurting? And tell everybody that and what is NHS? Well, the NHS is uh, an abbreviation of the National Health Service and that the National Health Service in England is that um, hospitals and doctors are free at the point of entry. We don't have to pay. If although, you are a citizen. If, if you are a citizen, yes. Although also we do get a lot of um, health tourists, they're called, people coming from particularly the EU when we were members of that, which is one of the reasons for Brexit. But without getting political, the NHS was started after the Second World War. And basically, when we pay our taxes, we also pay um, uh, a national health uh, tax, if you like. Um, so parts of our wages, it, it, you get taxed and you get national insurance, it's called. And that goes to pay for the National Health Service. And so we have, we all have GPs, called G- the general practitioners. So each village has a GP who is a doctor. So if you get ill, your first point of call is to call your doctor, make an appointment. You go and see him and he prescribes you medicine. Uh, there is a small fee for, for medicines unless you're um, exempt. Um, and obviously, if you're seriously ill then you get sent to hospital and you have your surgery or whatever you don't pay for any of those things because you've already paid your because because you support your nhs in fact even if you if you're unemployed um you still get free nhs service if you're an english citizen and for some uh, foreign uh, visitors as well um so that's how it works 
And basically, I had a text message from my GP, my local general practitioner, in um, at the start of the year in January, saying offering me a free health check. Um, I'm 50 later this year, so I, I think it may be just something that when you get to my age, they they send out. And um, so I booked an appointment, and I had blood tests and I was weighed and all the various things that they do and um, my my the doctor called me the next day and, and said that, um, that they discovered I was diabetic and I was anemic which means I had a, a lack of healthy red blood cells. I, I, I hadn't been ill, I had no symptoms of diabetes or anemia and so I basically was given tablets, a course of tablets for the diabetes which uh, I've had to change my diet and things but now that's under control but the doctor was more concerned about the anemia and what was causing that and so I was sent off to hospital for a series of scans a CT scan and an MRI scan and basically they um, found a tumour in my left kidney which turned out to be a grade 3 uh, cancer which is uh, a really aggressive type and um, within within a matter of weeks I was in hospital and I underwent six hours of surgery and they uh, managed to remove the, the tumour and save some of my kidney which was important because now I'm diabetic I, I two kidneys is, is a lot better than having one when you're, when you're not very well um, and yeah and I, I thankfully touch wood as we say in England with um, I've, I've been back for, a, for the final results and the doctors are confident that they removed it all and I now just have to go for six monthly scans to, to see if it comes back you know and I was very 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 lucky because as I said it was a grade 3 type cancer and had I not gone for my free NHS health check had they not found something to investigate further um, and uh, I would be in a pretty bad way this time next year if not earlier so yeah a lucky guy from the press release and I quote the diagnosis came as a complete surprise I hadn't had any symptoms or illness telling my children was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I can't thank the NHS staff enough. They were incredible. If you get offered a free NHS health check, please go. It probably <laughs> saved my life. End quote. Yeah. Um, well, the first part is telling your children. I mean, uh, I, I got the diagnosis my wife was with me and she was obviously terribly upset um and um i i didn't want to tell the kids until i until i knew what the treatment was going to be because there's nothing worse than, than the weight really so once i'd um once i'd agreed what was going to be done and i had a date for it then i sat down and spoke to them because obviously i was going to have to go to hospital and spend some time in there so i couldn't couldn't hide that from them and that was that was a difficult conversation uh, particularly with my, my youngest, who was 16 at the time. Um, he got pretty upset. The other two were a bit more level-headed. So that was really, really tough. And and the quote about the NHS, it, it, it does sound like a wonderful system, perhaps, when I'm describing it to you, because I, because I know that healthcare is really expensive in, in America. But it, it's... It's it's vastly underfunded in this country. Uh, as you know, it's struggling. There's there's always. I mean, basically, um, people complain that the NHS 
NHS gets a lot of bad press in the UK. And, and if you if you fall over drunk on a Friday night and break your hand or bash your head, then you and then you go to accident and emergency, you may have to wait for six, seven hours to be seen. And everyone complains about that. But when you have a life threatening illness like I had or my father had 10 years ago, he had a heart attack. And was fine, still with us. But um, the NHS then were are and were for me absolutely fantastic. The service was first class, and the aftercare has been incredible as well. So I think um, perhaps in the English or the UK people take it a little bit for granted because um, they moan about the little things. But when it really comes to it really comes to matter, then then it's a really excellent service, and uh, I certainly was singing its praises, and I and I would to anyone. Um, they were incredible. Yeah, and 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 again. Free NHS health check. Obviously, that only that only matters to people in England or the UK. So go and get checked. But uh, even to you guys in the states, I mean, if you, it's it's important to get these regular checkups. As you say, when you get to a certain age, perhaps in particular. But I mean, I was 49 when I got diagnosed, so uh, it could happen at any time. Um, but you know, it's you got to look after yourself. And you say that part of I don't know if it's part of or the entirety of, but you. See say that robotics were involved in your operation, if you care to elaborate. Modern medicine is, is going that way. What used to be open-heart surgery for stents and other things like this are now one day stays in the hospital and they use these little half-inch incisions on the body. They go up with a robotic camera where they can look on the monitor and see your whole inside put the stent there it's amazing this the advancements in medicine michael and robotics play a part in it in this country and in yours yeah i mean it really is amazing they 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 the the, the uh, surgeon explained to me before i went for the before i was taken down exactly what was going to happen and yeah, even though the surgeon was in the same room, uh, he's not standing over me. You know, he was kind of six foot away and had like a like a VR, a virtual reality kind of headset and and like computer, like a desk he was working at. And the robot was the was the was the thing that was over me, and he was controlling the robot with his hands and with the with the VR headset. And like you said, making like half inch incisions. I've got about five of them. I'm obviously scarred from the operation and. Uh, um, that's how they got in and cut out the tumour and uh, and sewed me back up again and managed to save some of the kidney. And I was home the next day. I stayed one night in hospital. I was home the next day and um, I was meant to take it easy for a few weeks, but I, I was back to work after about four days. So I wasn't allowed to drive. But uh, yeah, had it been the old days, I probably, you know, it would have been months. So it's, it's really incredible, the advancements. Absolutely amazing, amazing people. Let me get this straight. Your operation took six hours six hours and you were released the next day yeah that's correct i i I probably shouldn't have been because i was i was i was on morphine and god knows what else but uh the other the other problem with the nhs is that there are a lack of bed there's there's a high demand and so if you show any signs of uh improving they like to get you out as quickly as possible and uh me being me 
I'm not. I'm just not one to kind of lay around and mope about. And so I was. I was trying to get mobile and take myself to the toilet and things like that. And uh, they thought, well, this guy looks all right. Let's send him home. Um, I, it was pretty difficult for a couple of days for my wife and kids trying to get me up and down the stairs because I was in a lot of pain. But uh, but yeah, no, that's 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 the way it is. So yeah, it's it's amazing. The bravery that you showed just to release this to the public when I think most people would have said, you know what, I, I don't think I'll release this and, and I'll keep this uh, family oriented and that's all. They're going to be the only ones that would know. And you were brave enough to go public with it. Is this something that you discussed with your wife in advance of making this an, a public announcement? It is, actually. I, I didn't I didn't tell anyone uh, about it while it was happening. I wasn't, I didn't post it on social media like some people do and, and I and only a very few close friends and family knew about it and as I've already explained I didn't even tell my children until I had a date for the operation so I, I'd kept it secret from them for, for a couple of months probably um, I didn't want to be the you know I don't want to be the bearer of bad news I'd rather be the bearer of good news and say okay I'm all better now so that's kind of what I did and when it came to, to telling my story you know releasing this song it by then most people kind of knew about it friends and family had heard about it obviously I'd been in hospital and then I was at home you know recovering for a few weeks even though I was working from home so it became obvious that something had happened so you, you, you tell everyone but you tell everyone the good news the good news I, I, I've recovered you know not that not that I've not that I've got cancer but that I've, that I've beaten cancer which is much more positive and so I did discuss it with my wife and yeah I mean I'm I'm it's it's a bit of a cliche but I've got a platform um, to to speak about these things and I was I was reluctant to go for a health check um, but my wife said no you really should do and and I did and so yeah the message is get out there and get it sorted if you can so if, if I'm able to pass that message on to people then that's cool I'm you know it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hide it from anyone I've been through it it was a, it was an adventure that's the way I looked at it and you know here I am on the other side so I've got a got a good story to tell it probably saved my life Michael Armstrong you know what if I could change that I'm not Michael Armstrong but how about it definitely saved my life Michael Armstrong Armstrong. Can I rewrite it for you? I think you can, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What a story. And I wasn't going to tell it uh, uh, until you brought it up. That's why I saved it till last. I think you are an inspiration for those who are, I don't want to go to the doctor. And you know there are people who do that 35, 40, 50 years. And uh, I'm sorry, Michael, after 50 years, <laughs> there's not a lot they can do to help you. You know what I mean? 50 years of not going to the doctor at all. You cut out slightly there, Rick. Sorry, I just missed the last bit. I said 50 years of somebody who says, I won't go to the doctor at all. I don't believe in it. Come on. If you want help, if you want to stay on this planet, get the health check. Go to the doctor. If you're one of those who does not go to the doctor 40, 45, 50 years, it, it could be too late, Mike. Well, it really could be. Yeah. I mean, you only have to listen to my story to hear that. As, as you mentioned, and I think I mentioned, I, I had no symptoms. 
symptoms at all. I wasn't ill, you know, I didn't feel any different, I was fine. So it was just just by pure chance, really, and, and by following exactly what you've just said, just go there and, and, and get, get checked out, and yeah, it, it, it could definitely save your life. Now, is your family doctor, as we would call it in this country, a GP, it would be also be called a general practitioner, is that who contacted you and say, come on in, or, or were, were you contacted via computer because they hadn't seen you a while? What caused NHS to get a hold of Michael Armstrong and say, come on in? Do you know that? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I suspect it's because I'm 50 years old this year. I, I, I uh, turned 49 last November, and then I got the first text, I think, in December. So I suspect it's a nationwide rollout where um, you get to a certain age, um, and they then send a, automatically your, your GP or the GP's office, send out a text message to all the patients who, who are that age and suggest it's time for a health check. I guess that's how it worked. Excellent. Well, I'll tell you what. I thank you for the bravery that you and your wife both have decided to let your fan base know because your fans will stick by you. And and if they're your fans now and they love what it is you're doing, they'll stick with you to the end. And, and you'll get a base of fans all throughout the world, which is great. And I think they appreciate it. It's cathartic for you, a catharsis. It's it, it it makes you stronger knowing that you can help. If you help one person, Michael, and they get diagnosed and their life is saved, then everything you and I have just talked about is worth it. Would you agree? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. We're out of time, my friend. What I am going to do, and I know you don't mind, is on the Rick Flynn Presents Facebook page, and I have another Facebook page. That's my personal page. It's just simply Rick Flynn. On both of those Facebook pages, I am going to place a video, which is currently on YouTube. And you don't have to come to my Facebook page. You can go directly to YouTube. And True Blue by Madonna is there. And you have a a video up there on YouTube of you singing this single. Am I right? You are right, Rick, yeah. So go to one of my two Facebook pages, ladies and gentlemen. Rick Flynn Presents or Rick Flynn. Watch the video there. If you want to go directly to Facebook and they type in True Blue Michael Armstrong, Mike, it should pop up immediately, right? Absolutely, yeah. All right, his website, ladies and gentlemen, www.michaelarmstrongmusic.co.uk. Michael Armstrong Music.co.uk. If somebody wants to drop you a line, can they do it? on the website, Mike. Yes, they can. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a page there to contact me, so you just fill in your details, and that will reach me. Absolutely. Everyone, I want you to go to the YouTube. I want you to go to my Facebook, wherever, whatever suits your fancy. Listen to Michael sing Madonna's True Blue. That was her hit in 1980. Completely
completely redone by a male, as are all five songs on this EP. And I quote, a brand new collection of interpretations of classic hits, most associated with female artists. Michael is gifted. He has the range to accomplish it. Not all male singers have that kind of range. That is his God-given talent right there. So congratulations, number one, Michael, that you're with us and alive. Oh, God bless you for that. But number two, congratulations for you've been you've been given the talent to sing these songs that the average male artist is never going to be able to touch because they can't hit the notes. So be glad you can do that. Say hello to the wife, the three children. Keep the home fires burning. I've loved this, Mike. And the last word goes out to you. What would you like to tell the people? Oh, just I'd like to say to you, Rick, thanks for having me in for all your kind words. And uh, just to everyone else, I hope you enjoy the music. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and the UK's singing sensation, Michael Armstrong, it has been a great show, a touching show. And we want you to go out to the YouTube, listen to the single if you like it like I do and you say wow I didn't know a man could sing the song that well well there's five of them on this EP which is not going to cost you what an album is going to cost you you can download one song two songs all five of them they're there for you and please do that everyone new shows every Wednesday we'll be back Susie Quattro and KT Tunstall are going to be on next week and we're taping this show on a Tuesday and a week from tomorrow is when we're going to have our next show right after Susie Quattro and KT Tunstall which is tomorrow listen to that as well it's a great great show thank you everyone have a good day and we'll talk to you next time good night thanks very much rick and remember everyone go and get your health checked it's important and could well save your life The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.